Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself, Sinead Kyo. Coming up on the show today, lots of GAA, Camogie, Kilkenny District League and lots, lots more. But first, we're going to hear from Carlo football manager Niall Carew on his side's hopes for the Talton Cup. Niall, you're obviously disappointed, competed very well, but scores hard to come by and 10 points was never going to win the game. No, you're right Brendan and I, I suppose the biggest problem we had was every time we got back into the game we coughed up a goal probably from our own mistake so that was the disappointing thing for our end and I, I suppose that, that's energy sapping you know and um, yeah look a disappointing result um, I thought we did play well in patches but playing well in patches is not going to get you over the line Goals came against the run of play too and I know the kick out was a problem not all Kieran's fault elements weren't helping it was difficult to play against the wind it was difficult to play with it proved that in the second half you restricted them from scoring as well and the goals were the difference but it wasn't an ideal day for football Yeah no I felt sorry for Chunny in goals um, he had a very good game he's very confident under a high ball distribution was good um, and the kick out it's a two way thing you know it sits players out the field and obviously the goalkeeper himself but um, yeah I just think we, we coughed up a couple of you know hands and errors let us down that let them in for a goal or two and we didn't track a runner once or twice and um, there was no way back then after the last goal Yeah, the defence you defended well enough and it was hard to see where the five goals came out of I said they got two against runner but it hurt almost a sucker punch because you were in control you got the opening score of the second half that's what you wanted but the third one was a real sucker punch and that did actually come against one of them it was a good move from them yeah it did and um, look when that happens and it's your own mistake as well it just saps the energy from you so you know a goal at, at that stage of the game even though there was about 15 minutes left it, it put 10 points in it or put 9 points in it I think at that stage and it just was a mountain for our lads to climb then but uh, yeah look our lads would be disappointed Brendan um, you know a lot of us didn't play up to scratch and they know that themselves um, but look they're young I think if you go through our team we probably have 11 or 12 lads under 23 um, so that it, it's it's too many but it, at the same time it's great to get them the experience of a Leinster Championship match and the heat of battle and they'll only learn from it Yeah they competed well I think everybody like they can't be faulted they, they gave it everything just come up against a better team on the day Yeah uh, yeah. look all, the lads will always give it everything but I, I think there's even more and that probably come with confidence as well so I, I think you know they're in a great place physically so they need to really empty it then fully then and, and that, that can be a confidence thing just not probably coming off the shoulder as much as we'd like and the odd time we were caught not tracking a runner um, but again that's experience and confidence um, and look we'll embrace this Talton Cup uh, in four weeks time and uh, we'll give more championship games to lads but as I say when you have 10 or 11 lads under 23 in the one team you know you will get cut out in days like today OK well you mentioned Willie on the funny side of things New York are in the Talton Cup Niall we could be a, a Carla manager in history to bring the first Carla team to New York I'm not quite sure whether a Carla team have played there before as a county team but uh, New York are in it it's interesting how difficult is it going to be with four weeks five weeks of the gap to keep lads together or what's your plan? Yeah, and no, our plan is we'll go to the gym Wednesday night because this is a long-term process, Brendan, for Carla football. It's not just about this year. So we go to the gym Wednesday. We'll have the three days off now. We'll regroup and then we'll go back on the pitch on Friday. Um, and, we, you know, we'll... 
we'll do a team building uh, exercise with the lads as well and this is all for the future this is not just a hit and run for all these players and we want to keep them together for as long as we can and uh, when they have the experience then it'll work out well just on the New York thing I brought Sligo to New York and for a management team it's a nightmare uh, <laughs> because you don't want to be the first team to be beaten over there um, but yeah look um, it, it's exciting it can be exciting the Tygen Cup if it's if it's ran properly I hope it is um, but there's nothing about it and, and that's a worry um, you know so you, you just I think they missed the trick Brendan and not having the Talchin Cup that there wasn't a, a backdoor into an Ireland quarter final I think that would have been the trick um, for me anyway that was the obvious thing to do to keep everyone interested keep the whole thing going but look we'll embrace it because I think it'll benefit our lads um, the extra two or three games OK well listen commiserations today on Ireland thanks for staying around to have a chat with us always obliging and doing that commiserations on the defeat today and we look forward to the Talchin Cup and thanks again oh, and thank you Brendan appreciate that We spoke to Kilkenny's under-20 manager Derek Ling ahead of Kilkenny's Leinster final clash with Wexford this Monday. Delighted to be joined on the phone by Kilkenny under-20 hurling manager Derek Ling. Derek, thanks for taking the call. No problem, Eddie. Derek, eh, Monday's game, it was one of the best games I've got to see in a long, long time, that Kilkenny Galway game, an absolute classic. It must have been tough for you on the line there. I'd say you were having heart attacks watching it. Yeah, well, look, I, I, it was as the game as the game went on. Um, we were still in the game, and once we were in the game, I think that was the main thing. Um, yeah, you couldn't script it. I think to, to finish um, it was a great way to win it. And uh, yeah, so look, I mean, we got uh, great enjoyment out of the, the evening, but we, you know, we've had to dust ourselves down pretty quickly during the week now and get ready for the, the next challenge and Derek it was the first thing that kind of came to my mind is is the structure for the under 20 championship you're out again straight away next Monday you know Leinster final against Wexford with the game going to extra time and, and, and you know and, and it being such a titanic battle is all this week now basically recovery and refocus and minds yeah more or less more or less like we had a lot of sore bodies uh, which is which was to be expected, especially after the extra time and, and the you know very intense game, and you know a lot of like, shots in it and everything else. So it it, it just it really is just about the minds as much as anything. Um, and look, there's a lot of momentum to be gained from it as well, and we have to use that. I mean, the, the players in good form after it, and to come out on the, the right side of the victory was, um, you know, it's something that you can't you can't buy, and you know. We have to use that momentum now to, you know, to drive us forward then into the next game. And any any new injury worries or concerns going into the game for for Monday? Or are we going in with a clean bill of health? No, thankfully, um, more unless sorry, the only one we had was Harry. Obviously, during the game, um, Harry Shine has a hamstring injury. He's been assessed. I think Monday will be too tight for him um, so we'll have to look at that um, everybody else lots of knocks lots of bangs but um, everybody else is fine and then just looking ahead to Monday's game of course it's in Netwatch Cullen Park we're expecting a, a big crowd to travel down from Kilkenny for this game and obviously a big Wexford crowd will be coming Wexford themselves had a very tough game against uh, Dublin got out with a one point win uh, you've probably had a chance to analyse that game yourself yeah look we looked at it obviously and looked at Wexford's other games and um, yeah look they're uh, Stranger to this group of players, either uh, which would, you know, they would have been the Leinster champions for this grade at minor. So, um, 
absolutely fabulous. So look, they're a very good team. They had a good win against Dublin, who've obviously been very competitive the last couple of years as well, and are always very strong. Um, so look, they're coming coming into the game with their own momentum, and you know we'll know what Wexford will bring. Um, so yeah, we'll have to guess the challenge for us is really to. You know, to drive on from last Monday. Last Monday's performance won't be good enough to next day, so we have to we have to look for more. And um, yeah, but it's it's a game we're looking forward to. And and Wexford themselves, as you said, they did win the Leinster, Ch- Leinster Championship two years ago. Uh, did a very strong side as well. They will be a formidable oper- uh, opposition. But you must be thrilled yourself with with your own team's never say die attitude. There was three or four times in the Galway game the players would have been forgiven for dropping heads and whatnot because they are only young guys at the end of the day but these boys they seem like a, a very well focused group you you and your backroom team seem to have them very well tuned in for the job Yeah no the attitude of the lads has been outstanding from the whole group and uh, you know we have a group of 40, 40 odd players 4 or 5 are unfortunately injured at the minute um, but their attitude since we've we've got together very early, well late last year has been outstanding and I think uh, you know they put a huge amount of work in, and their effort in terms of the game and how they responded to the, some of the setbacks during the game was was really impressive. And you know, I was just delighted for them because they, you know they put that effort in. So, um, but the reality of it is now that was last, that was Monday, and you know, in sports, you know, we have to do that again, and we have to look for more. And you know, that's the that's the challenge. And you know, I think the lads, I think they're very aware of that. Derek, no, uh, absolutely brilliant. Thanks so much for taking my call there this evening and I wish you all the very best of luck. I look forward to going down to Netwatch Cullen Park myself on, on Monday to enjoy the game. But from everybody here in Casey Law, we just want to wish yourself and all the lads the very, very best of luck on, on, on Monday. Appreciate that, Eddie. Thanks a million. That's brilliant. That was, of course, Derek Ling, Kilkenny under-20 hurling manager and they will be out in Netwatch Cullen Park next Monday against Wexford, a game we're all really looking forward to. We also spoke to Keith Rossiter, who is the manager of the Wexford under-20s. Just looking back there on the the semi-final, Dublin definitely didn't make it easy for you, but I'd say you were very proud of the lads just in terms of how they responded to that challenge. Yeah, delighted. Delighted with the the battle and the fight to show it. It's great to get over the line, but... I suppose a little bit battle hard now we had the same sort of thing up in Leash as well uh, 13 days previous so they're showing good fighting qualities anyway which is great it's always a good sign in a team and look please God they'll bring it again the next day There is plenty of highlights in that game but the, the 32nd minute goal there from Jack Redmond that was huge really wasn't it even just in terms of kind of extending the lead yeah, look, I suppose if, if you're in Wexford Park that, that, that day, there was a, a small breeze for, for Wexford Park. It was actually very light. It was only a couple of points worth of a breeze, really. But we were playing against it the second half. So the start in, I suppose, the second half start was, was, was vital for us. And we knocked over, I think, with 1-2 or 1-3 in the space of a couple of minutes. So, look, it's hard to set, up, set it up nicely, nicely because we knew Dublin were going to come out all guns blazing as well. So we got in before them. Now, the answer was fairly quick with a goal themselves. And sort of cancelled out but yeah it was, it was a massive score for us just to, to get the scores on the board Yeah and just something else kind of that I would have taken from that, from that game then as well is just uh, Keane Byrne on the freeze such a reliable free taker it's huge really isn't it to have like a free taker now that you can rely on in these games ah, It is in the modern game it is like and you know Kilkenny is the same you know see their tally as well last of a freeze you're not missing anything either so for, for both teams with two good free takers on display and I suppose one of the biggest things for me on the day was that 
one of the most vital frees is when Keen Byrne got fouled and he had to go off as a blood sub and Jack Redman had hit a free over on the sideline about 25 yards out and he nailed it as well so it's great to have the back up in Jack as well you know Jack hit the freeze with good counsel all year and had a good run in the in the All-Ireland series as well so you know we, we have two good free takers it's great it's great to be able to say that in Wexford you know uh, it, it's just great string to have it to, to your board to your cap I suppose that yeah, you can rely on, on Keane on a day and I'm hoping I'm going to jinx him now but he, he has been doing the job for us so far this year. Yeah, and just kind of looking ahead now to to this Monday, uh, this is Wexford's first Leinster final appearance now since 2019. Things are kind of starting to really align um, for, for Wexford now kind of underage. Uh, what are you kind of putting that down to, Keith? Look, they're, they're starting to work hard. Look, it's, there's a lot of work on the underage and, you know, I suppose Daisy and fairness to him coming to Wexford as well. Uh Davy coming to Wexford and doing five odd years and you know rejuvenated the whole place as well you know young lads are back interested in hurling and the seniors are back performing at the top level and competing at the top level and you know I suppose just the young lads got the interest the hurls are back on the streets again like when you walk around Kilkenny you see hurls everywhere young lads come to school with hurls and you know and that with the bit of a Davy factor the last couple of years and the work that's gone in underage with the county board and development squads and from Tony Forrest right the way up you know, there's a good bit of work on in and good men over teams, you know, and I suppose we're bearing the fruits of it now, really. The minor was brilliant back in 19, but, you know, you, you, really and truthfully, the test of it is who pushes through the senior. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what, it's, that's what it's all aimed at. That's what under 20 is. It's, it's still a development squad for these guys to go hurt senior for the county, and that's the whole thing behind it is that getting them the mindsets, getting these big pressurised games, and they are pressurised games for these lads, you know, Dublin running to a point, Leeds running to a point, and, you know, mentally that's the stand to these lads going forward. So, you know, so, like, even, like, winning that, that minor that time was great for the lads. Some of them were 16, you know, winning the minor at 16, 17, you know, still very young, but these are the games that appreciate when they, when, you know, when they, when they get older and start to push into senior squads. Yeah, and that's the whole goal, isn't it? Is to kind of retain them and, and make sure that it does it does transfer, uh, you know, to the senior grade as well. But I know you mentioned there, Davy, and I know that you were involved uh, with Davy for many years uh, in the backroom team there um, with the seniors. But how yeah. do you find it being involved with the younger lads? I suppose they bring that kind of certain t- enthusiasm, Keith. Or how, how are you finding being involved with the under twenties, comparing it to kind of being involved with the the senior team? Uh, yes, look, it's great to be involved in. It's great to have a good bunch of players as well, and as that are eager for hurling. It, I suppose the one thing, the one difference is there's the, the factor with the seniors is that it's the main team, and that the the players come to you before they do anything else. You know, any other commitments, you go through the seniors and you go through Davy, and you get the green light or you get the red light, and you can't go anywhere. And that's the way it is. The book stops with them, and that's the first part of the call. Yeah. The one difference with the twenties is the one difference with the twenties in that way is you have school hurling. You know, there's a lot of lads doing the leaving cert this year, which is coming up now in about six weeks, and uh, that they're all trying to study for the minutes, right? So they have their school hurling with the likes of Peters College, Good Council, you know, Derek and the lads will have Cairns, obviously, Kilkenny CBS, all in that as well. Uh, you can't pull and drag there there's a lot of matches colliding with practice games and training sessions you're trying to manage around that then you have the lads that are in college hurling freshers uh, hurling Fitzgibbon some of the guys hurling Fitzgibbon and even this year they set up a new tournament for second years because they missed their freshers last year due to COVID so all this is going on in the meantime as well 
so yeah. it's very hard it's very it's very frustrating that you're probably not the number one team in their eyes for a long time and you're sort of bending around schools and and colleges and and other commitments uh, yeah. whereas with the seniors when you when you call training with the seniors they go training with the seniors never mind you know your Fitzgibbons or what not this is the be all and end all and look it took me a while to get used to that mm-hmm. you know just that you know but in fairness to the lads once they had their other commitments sort of looked after and you bend with them and you rode with them and they got to every odd training session they had to work around it they're fully committed then you yeah. know and I suppose they appreciate they appreciate that I've probably gone through all that myself anyway schools and colleges and senior in the county I know what the demands are like and we can work together on it and full buy in now so hopefully to pay off for it. Yeah, that's really interesting actually, you know, that you bring that up because I know when you are playing inter-county um, at senior level, you know, if you're training on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, you're training on Tuesday night at, at 7 o'clock and there's no, there's no two ways about it, you know, but like I suppose when you are that age, when you're under 20, there's so many other things going on and maybe you kind of, you know, you still might have other sports that you're still kind of playing as well, yeah. uh, you know, um, and then there's school and there's there's studies and there's exams and there's all that kind of stuff too so uh, yeah no that's that's interesting but I suppose after a while you kind of find your groove with all that stuff um, but it, it, exactly yeah. I, I, look if, if, if a minute if a minute next year or whatever happens next year you know you'd be so much wiser I've been mean, awful lot wiser after this year anyway just dealing with younger lads and, and the other commitments that they do have yeah, look, it's it's all learning, isn't it? Um, but uh, just just looking ahead to the the Kilkenny match, then like Kilkenny are definitely going to be tough opponents. Uh, we saw there in the the semi final against Galway, you know they really grinded it out there over ninety minutes to to get the win. So I'm sure you're under no illusions as to the the challenge that faces you now on Monday. Yeah, well, sure, to be dead straight and honest with you, I don't think anyone's ever got a handy handy game off Kilkenny. Uh, I don't in in my history ever seen a back kick anything. Uh, they're a very good, well drilled bunch of players, well coached. Uh, the lads involved are top class. You know we're going to be up against it. We know that. Uh, I suppose looking back on it, Galway were the team of the minor that year. Uh, they're really good, uh, and Kilkenny, you know, it took them it took them ninety minutes, whatever it was, to beat him but they got over the line. Uh, serious battles, some serious score taken, some seriously good performances. And you're talking about our battling efforts and our fight. They've, they've done it themselves against Galway. So hopefully at the making of a great Leinster final and it'll be tit for tat and very close to the end. Yeah, and it's lovely to see the old rivalry ignite between Kilkenny and Wexford as well. It's a, it's a, it's a rivalry that's old as time. Yeah, it's just going back for as long as I can remember. Anyway, not that I'm that old or anything, but it's gone on a lot longer than me. And uh, you know, we we were bred and reared that way. But it's great that it's there. It's always going to be there. Please God, please God, we'd be up competing with Kilkenny's and Galways and Dublin's and all these guys for a long time to come, and that we'd be competing in semi-finals and finals and and having more ding-dong battles. And hopefully, it's a start as it for this bunch of players as well. That, as I said, moving on into senior grades, that they'll have great battles with Kilkenny to come over the next decade or that. Yeah, and Keith, just finally then, um, just uh, in terms of injuries then, is there any concerns? Do you have a clean bill of health now going into this game or how you fix that way? We don't always have concerns. <laughs> There's always concerns in, in management over teams, but no, I think everyone came through. I think everyone came through the last game okay. Uh, 
look, it, it's the way the championship has run off. Leinster has run off differently to, to the Munster one. Munster had a sort of a round robin game based three teams. Everyone got two games. Our one is knockout straight. And the season has still ran over six weeks from start to finish, which is which is helter skelter, I suppose. And I, I don't think there's any team that doesn't, doesn't have a couple of niggles going into it. But yeah, amazingly, once the once the whistle is blown, them niggles are forgotten about, and it's it's all going blazing again. Listen, um, thanks so much for that, Keith. Look, all the best on Monday. No problem. Thanks so much. John Corrigan of the Kilkenny District League was in on Saturday to do the McCalmont Cup draw. Now it is time for the live draw of the KCLR McCalmont Cup semi-final. Joining me in studio is KDLL chairman John Corrigan. John, thanks very much for coming in. No problem. Delighted to be here, Shane. And before we start, just thanks once more to KCLR for the sponsorship of the continued sponsorship of the McCalmont Cup. You know, it's the highlight of our season and we're getting very close to the the final now, obviously, with the semi-final draw. So once again, thanks very much for sponsorship. Absolutely love supporting junior soccer here in Kilkenny um, started off with 37 teams I believe yep. we're down to 5 now down to 5 yeah this last of the quarterfinals is on tomorrow uh, down in the water barracks saying Canises are taking on freebooters uh, real local derby yeah that's so it should, that, should be interesting I'm kind of snapping that I'm stuck in here for it as well especially New Oak they're playing off against uh, North End okay. United of Wexford but unfortunate news coming from the LFA uh, junior semi-final Evergreen have lost it they did go down 5-1 but uh, ended 5-2 uh, David Grinsel pulling one back for him but uh, unfortunate for them kind of thought that they would make it to the final to be honest well, I was kind of banking on them getting to it you know and looking at the dates uh, they were favourites to get through it we were, we were looking hopefully that was them getting through and either Wexford's North End or Carlos New Oak getting through as well that the final could have been in the locality you know which yeah. would have been a, a fantastic achievement for one of the counties it, it put it on you know all perfectly capable of, of staging it but uh, unfortunately now that there's a Dublin team in it it will go back up that direction it's hardly been the Aviva this year because the Aviva are not sponsoring it this year yeah. as they have done in the past so. they generally do the FAI Cup as well yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'd say it'd probably be somewhere halfway you know, Newbridge or someplace like that but look the magic of the cup it's very heartening for Castle Warren to hear anyway that a team can come back against Evergreen to could could end up getting them in this semi final. So the five teams that are still registered are, of course, as you mentioned, St. Canis's and Freebooters. They're going to have a titanic battle down in the water barracks tomorrow. Get down to watch that if you can. Of course, Thomastown A, Evergreen A, who are definitely going to be going for this title as well, and the mighty Castle Warren Celtic. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's great to see a team like, like Castle Warren getting to the final it shows it can be done a couple of seasons back uh, Brookfield got to the final yeah. you know, and they, were, they were a Division 3 team at the time so it just shows like they talk about the romance of the cup it just shows that that is still there you know and when you think of it St. Canises are the same division as yourself and they're yeah. still there you know so there's there's a chance of two teams from the Division 2 being in the semi-final so I mean, isn't it fantastic for 
for people because oh, it's, it's a great day out it's brilliant St. Candice is doing tremendous things Eddie Clifford down there I, I know the work that he's putting in they beat St. Francis there recently they have another semi-final to look forward to with the LFA place as well so great things coming from them that, that's that's true like they have um, <laughs> they, uh, up to a couple of weeks ago Boothers were my problem trying to get things done now to St. Candice's because Candice's and Lions are still involved in the Leinster place now Candice's are in the semi-final on the fifth uh, that the date is fixed. I have to. I just have to double check. I think it is the week that weekend, so I'll have to be. We'll have to keep our eye on on dates. But they're at home to St Pat's YC from from Dublin. Right now, the Lions are in the quarterfinals, but the team to play them, home farm qualified. Cabin Teeley objected. the The winner when that is really fi- is refixed. There's another team comes in to play and then Lions, Lions have to play and Leak Slip are waiting in the semi-finals for whoever eventually comes through. Right. And it was down, congestion. That was down for the 15th of May. I was talking to the Leinster coordinator the other day. He said it'll be lucky if to play the 15th of June. You know, so wow. that, that's, uh, that's kind of uh, totally messed things up in the Division 2 league. And of course you have Divisional Cups to contest as Divisional Cup Lions and Canises to each other again. So, <laughs> you know, it just, it, but look, it makes it interesting. The lads want to be involved at this end of the season. It's If you're still involved in something that May and the first weekend of June, things have gone well for you. Perfect. So what we have today is I have five teams, I have four envelopes, there's a name in each envelope and uh, I know you're manager of Castle Warren, but you're look, I'm sitting looking at you, so yeah. I let you draw away. There's so the no envelopes and the, like these that. games are in Derdimus Park. Oh, wow. date, date to be fixed, so they may be two separate days. They may be all the one day. We don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to look at it. That's great for us because we don't have a pitch anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Derdimus Park, lovely. Yeah. Okay, so, so uh, we're going to go pull, pull away. Pull away on this one. Open the envelope. The first team to be drawn I would say a home fixture but everything is going to be played in Verdimus Park very fancy here yeah this is Castle Warren Celtic. Oh, very good. Castle Warren Celtic. So you the pull first. them first so they can't say they're for the fix. Exactly. First team out of the hat. We'll go with this here. As you can hear the envelope open it, it has he, been sealed. He's actually shivering as, yeah. he, op- as he opens it. <laughs> Thomastown United A. Very nice. So Castle Warren against Thomastown. Uh, I'll be going up against a good friend, Paul Doyle, who is the chairman of that club, former producer here on Scoreline. So that's, Castle Warren. That's true. Against Thomastown A. Regular visitors to the cup final in the last couple of seasons. And we're well aware of some of the players that they have out there as well. Just a, a, a great club being run. So this will be St. Canis's or Freebooters A. And they will go up against... I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope everyone's there, right? Against the final team of Evergreen A. So, just to go again, it is Castle Warren Celtic up against Thomastown United A and St. Canis's or Freebooters to play Evergreen A. So, some uh, big tussles there as well. I suppose Freebooters and Evergreen, uh, historic rivalry, but St. Canis's are going to have a big say when it comes to that game. That's true. That, that, that's definitely true. Uh, at the moment, provisionally, you can take it that you're in Derdimus next Sunday morning at 12 o'clock. Working with your work time, I yeah, there we go. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 12 so o'clock, yeah. Now, that's deciding on that will be next weekend. Have to check with the with Fran on the league because the League of Ireland games are fixed as well, so we have to work around around them. And then Booters and Boots, Canis's Booters versus Evergreen. So we'll know tomorrow evening which of them 
which you can get there. So look, there's two good semi-finals and a good final, and that's all that all that we can can expect. Yeah, we're looking forward to it here. We're, I know my lads are buzzing of it. As we said, the magic of the cup. I think we were talking after the St John's game as well. Uh, there was a different intensity to the game, and uh, especially we didn't have a lot to play for in the league. So it was a different intensity to that game, the Booters game, Brookville as well, former uh, finalists. So we're looking forward to it next Sunday. Well, hopefully next Sunday we'll have to just just see what's there. Now, the, the other the other thing I was going to say, like South South End were in cup final out there when they were down the divisions as well. So yeah. it's it's not it's not a new. So look, you have you have everything to play for. Uh, it'll be up. We'll have decided over the weekend, and it'll be up be up this Sunday evening to be tomorrow evening which weekend we are going with. I would imagine it is next weekend. Try and get the final for the 29th and obviously we can't play at the 28th there's another game on uh, okay. um, little Champions so, League final yeah, so going on we'll be hoping maybe for the 29th and then the divisional finals come in around the, the June bank bank holiday that, that would be that would be the ideal scenario but uh, we just have to we have to wait and see and hopefully we won't have another Thunder and Lightning final <laughs> <years ago. laughs> uh, yeah. there, there's lots still to play for throughout the whole divisions I know Tolerone they're going to Johnstown now tomorrow as well Division 3 Cup uh, New Parker's still in that we're playing River Rangers on Sunday who uh, got the better of us twice this season as well uh, Very, uh, they know how to play their pitch out there you have the Division 1 Cup and then the, the, the Premier Cup as well so lots still to play for and you have a playoff for Division 2 promotion you have River Rangers and Lions going up against each other in that so the, and we have next Saturday evening the Henderson Youth Shield is on that's Evergreen and Freebooters and there's a game happening in Thomastown with Freebooters today as well under 16 under, Cup under, under 16 Cup final that's, that's right there, there's a lot of school by Cup finals went on during the week I know Callan beat Dean Celtic in a Shield final last night didn't get to get into it but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of football going on the over in the nights yeah. cup final fantastic to see the, the young lads out playing there you know? oh it's amazing that, uh, I was I happened to call in the other night for something else I didn't know there was a game on and to see two teams there and they are all togged out waiting for, for a game they were there earlier than ever in Green and Boots was a bit they were there an hour and a half before <laughs> a game togged out so it was, it, was, it was brilliant to see you know yeah there's excitement in the air John absolute pleasure as always thanks very much for coming into us great in the studio I won't actually see you myself out there I have to go in I have to isolate I'm going in for a bit of a, an op oh, so no. I have to isolate so I won't be there for most of the finals so wish you all the best oh, thank you very much John best, you know. best of luck with the operation yeah. as well so there you have it you have the final semi-finals I should say of the Casey Art McCallum Cup once again it is Castle Warren Celtic going up against Thomastown A and St. Canis's or Freebooters will meet Evergreen A in the next round so lots lots to look forward to when it comes to the KCLR McCallum Cup We also spoke all things local handball with Paddy Delaney Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. It's just gone seven minutes past four. Lots more sports coming your way here till six o'clock, of course. We love talking about all different sports and we love when there's a local success story. You can't get more successful than Paddy Delaney, by Paddy, I see him up in the gym, up in Davy Jones Fitness, pumping those guns and he needs to get those arms pumping because he is a handball extraordinaire. Joining me now from O'Loughlin is John Morrissey, Frank Minogue and Paddy Delaney. Fellas, how are you keeping? Good, Shane. Good. Yourself? Keep it all Good well chance, anyway. Yeah. Paddy, I'll, I'll start with you. Leinster success. You had some trials and tribulations on the way with some fixtures getting rearranged and stuff, but you managed to come out on top. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Um I won Leinster, yeah. And um 
I went on in one county as well. I had a few different games to play. I played five games leading up to the Lancers and I had three leading up to the county. So I I don't mind. I'm happy enough um, <laughs> with the overall. Uh, You've been a bit modest there now, Paddy. Yeah. Now you were telling me when we were uh, up in Davy Jones, and I'll be talking to Davy Jones just mm-hmm. after five o'clock. But you were telling me that there was possibilities that you could have gotten a walkover or something like that. But you said no. I want to play this game. Yeah. Um, your man was from Galera and whatever, and yeah. Um, he had COVID at the time, and. I said I'd give him an extra two weeks. I offered him an extra two weeks, but I I said to him, I have to get home venue to play. And he came down from Galera for fair play to him. And I came down and played him, and I bet him it was a great game, and I was delighted with it. And I can, I can see the posts that go up as well and you're always smiling in regards to it so uh, delighted for you it looks like uh, your mic isn't working for some reason there I'll fix that uh, John in just a second but Frank I'll talk to you what's your role in regards to the handball? Um, I'm involved with the county board um, and all Auckland's handball club and um, I'm the juvenile coaching officer with the uh, county board so just um, in that position since the start of this year and are you noticing that there's a lot kind of because uh, so often in sport in Ireland you have the GEA almost competing against each other with the football and hurling especially in Kilkenny then you're going to have the likes of rugby you have the likes of soccer handball sometimes gets forgotten about now we have Robbie Dowling in here um, his sister Noel Dowling just a tremendous handball we've had handball presidents and stuff on but it's so often forgotten by use that it is in integral to the, the GEA and we've had great history of handball here in Kilkenny. What's it been like in the in recent coming out of a pandemic and stuff? Is there a hunger and desire to get onto the court? Ah yeah, it's very very much so a big hunger to get back into it and they've done very well to keep the games uh, going and get get finals finished. Um, like when the pandemic hit we were at all Ireland final stages in so many different uh, age groups and, and levels at, at adult and they got it done as soon as the restrictions were lifted very very professionally very fast and uh, went smoothly and they got all done with the 21 at the end of the 21 season and hasn't had any impact on the 22 season that's after all running smoothly as well so being an indoor sport it was obviously hit the hardest and yeah. done very well to get it um, get it done and you know people had put in a lot of work and to get to that level and for for it to be wiped under the brushed under the carpet, if you like, it wouldn't wouldn't have been um, wouldn't have been great, you know. It wouldn't have been respectful to the effort they'd put in, I suppose. And yeah, sir. And we've heard this a lot with basketball as well. You brought up a great point that it is an indoor sport, of course, and it, but it is an individual sport as well. Yeah. Did you get to come back a bit earlier than anyone else, or because it was indoor, you were properly restricted? No, we didn't. We came back when all the protocols were lifted at the times. Um, did get to do it individually. You could go in once you were in a bubble. Yeah. your own bubble but you know you couldn't have cross cross bubbles if you like down so people had to work on their own when when that situation arose and then eventually then when it came right and everything was lifted you know we were there were there was capacity limits for a while then it, there was increased capacity and so on and it came back and over the years, I mentioned some of the great success stories that we have. Obviously, Duxie is a man that everyone knows and reveres here. Uh, but seeing someone like Paddy come on and win Leinster, and you're able to kind of... We, we mentioned it the whole time. If you can't see it, you can't be it. To see the local success yeah. as well must give you great pride and must give great initiative to young people coming in. Yeah, big time. Sure, look, Paddy's a great character and he's just, you know, he's, he's bigger than life itself. But, you know, the effort, you see the effort he's putting in. He was in a junior, um, he, won the, he won the county championship and he won the Leinster championship at junior level. And, 
you're not back playing that long, I suppose. You weren't doing anything before the pandemic, Paddy. Like really, no. were you? So like you're you're you know you're back in it. You've been you've been busting to get in there again, and you know you are, and you look you get a bit fitter now and, and that, and you know you can see it. You have the you have the shots, and so it's great. Like that's they're the success stories you want to read about and hear about and and look at, and it's. The young lads, the boys have a great juvenile set up going above. John is putting in massive hours and Paddy helping him out and Paddy has a couple of chaps and we have other lads coming and there's you know, it's buzzing. It's buzzing up there and mm. like handball is our national sport along yeah. with hurling and Gaelic and the camogie and the ladies. And rounders as well. And, and rounders as well. It's yeah. like you know, they're all under that umbrella now and sure it's great to see the the coverage is if we can start getting more and more of it like you know um, and yourself with your own, with the show and bringing in us here that's all it wants and at the end of the, it's, a, it's an indoor sport so during the winter time it's great when you can't go out into the fields exactly um, and handball complements hurling like to no end transferable you know? skills like we had four I think we had four on the under 20s team that are going for the that beat Galway the other day we had four players with strong background handball background Billy Drennan, sure, phenomenal handballer. Yeah. yeah, Young Dial came on. Um, full back Purcell from Wine Gap as well. Excellent handballer as well. Had a great game. Timmy Clifford. And Timmy Clifford as well, which the Clifford steeped in it, you know, yeah. in handball. So, like that, and you just see the skill set Billy Drennan had the other day. Oh, phenomenal. Do you know, yeah. and like, I won't say it's all handball. He obviously is a talented <laughs> player, but you can see that touch. Yeah. You know, the hand eye coordination. But handball also does another thing for you, which maybe gets overlooked, and that's. It put, you know you're in there on your own or maybe in a double um, team events is a bit rare but great when we, when we do get team events it's super but it does you know it's it's like it's like boxing if you like except you're not getting punched in the mouth yeah <laughs> which is a nice, it's, al- yeah. it's always a plus you know which is good and yeah. it puts you know you're in there on your own you have to fight your own corner and you battle away and you know may the best man win or, or girl and that's what it's all about you're in there and you have to figure it out for yourself and you know, nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. And John, uh, John Morrissey, you're involved with O'Loughlin's as well. Yeah. So how how competitive is it of a scene for the different clubs? We know what it's like in hurling. We know yeah, that yeah, yeah, you're going to have people going head to head and shamrocks coming yeah. out on top of senior or anything like that. What's it like, uh, and from a handball sense? Yeah. Now the rivalry in the handball sense is not the same probably as the hurling. Yeah. We're kind of all pulling out of the one pool, if you like. So we'll play. Say you could team up with another club if you like do you know what I mean it's not just say O'Loughlin's or Talbot's Inch or Wine Gap um, we're all representing Kilkenny at the end of the day so it's not like the club scene in the hurling in that way you know mm. um, it's a bit different yeah um, but look it's we're uh, very strong at the minute in O'Loughlin's but after the Covid we had a it was very we didn't know whether we were going to get back yeah. you know we were we lost a lot, but we're after getting another. We have 40 juveniles back since October. We have nearly 50 adults, so we've 100 back again. We're still a little short where we were a few years ago, but some of them just a bit slower to come back, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. We've talked to various uh, kind of people involved in loads of different clubs, and yeah. they're talking about maybe there's still a bit of apprehension there about is. getting back into yeah, sport. Especially the older, we'd have an older people playing as well you know 60s 70s some of them are a little afraid to come back inside yet you know look which is understandable but please God in the near future we'll get them back again you know and what's it like from a training regiment point of view because obviously coming on here and we're looking to promote the sport you're looking for new members all the time as well what's it like in terms of training what's the commitment levels like because uh, hurling so it's it's almost like a professional sport in some senses. Yeah. The things yeah. that are being asked of people. Yeah. Well, handball is the same. If you want to go to the top level, it's four nights a week or five nights a week. Yeah. Um, 
look during the winter especially there's no excuse for young lads not to be inside you know what I mean mm. during the summer we know what Kilkenny is like is hurling mad so you are going to lose them during the summer but it's up to each individual what, how far they want to go in the sport it's how like, far does Paddy want to go Paddy wants to go to the top <laughs> <laughs> what's next for you now Paddy um, what's next for me I'm sure the young lads back to the juvenile section now as well drive on the, the juvenile Um John's young lad my own young lads there we're doing we have a couple of young lads there from Tullerone coming in as well there have to give them a mention as well and just the juvenile just drive just drive them on I started back there with John there just tipping around with him got the young lad started up there I got the bug for it I got the love the love back for the game again start tipping around with himself and Morris Nolan there um, Eddie Burke and that and we started tipping around there twice, three times a week and then the competition started to come around. John offered me, he said, that it, are you interested in the counties or the Leinsters and whatever? I said, I'll give it a go. I don't know how far <laughs> this road is going to be, but um, it went on further than I thought now, to be honest. You know, um, what, you know what's interesting when what you said? I said, what's next? And you didn't think about yourself. You thought about the future. You talk about your kids, you talk about the future of the club of O'Loughlin's and stuff. Is coaching something that you'd like to do? Yeah, I do, and I enjoy coaching the young lads. I love coaching the young lads up there. And um, it's just bringing on the lads and getting Leinster County medals, um, All-Ireland, um, and they're great lads to work with. And, um, yeah, it'd be brilliant in the future to see some of them, the younger lads coming up, and it's all about the future. And it'd be something to... Uh, look forward to, and to be training and pass a bit of time and Frank it's, all, it's great having people like that want to play the game as well but coaching is an integral aspect of, of any game volunteer based as well how, how are you finding in terms of uh, coaching is there avenues for people to go on courses or anything like that or what's the role for someone that may have been involved in the game before doesn't want to come back necessarily playing but wants to contribute to the future of the sport yeah there, look there's definitely avenues there for lads to get involved like we we had um we had a very successful juvenile campaign we had nine out of 16 all irelands up for grabs in between under 14 to under 17 we had nine winners singles and doubles boys and between boys and girls almost 50 50 four and five um we so we had nine out of that that's over 50 percent kilkenny won mm. compared to the rest of the counties then was the rest the other eight was the rest well, of ireland yeah right so we got we also were in a minor singles and doubles boys and girls we lost the singles by one ace in both and we lost the, we won the two doubles boys and girls so there's another two out if you wanted to add them on or separate but that if we could get lads in that want to come back and help these get these lads over the line the door is open it's there there's lo- look there's brilliant people in all the clubs around and that's basically what happens a lot of people are going into all errands and things and they've been with the child since maybe 10s up to 18 there's a time you know a lot of the top players out there they have their own coach you know there's a time comes when the kind of the parent almost needs to step away because someone else needs to see it different yeah and you can't go into you know you get to minor level you kind of you have you know nothing against anyone that didn't win listen they were barely beaten but to press on up into senior adulthood and you know win those you nearly need someone else to come in that's not emotionally attached different perspective different perspective you know you see parents I'm no different myself you'd be pucking every ball with them be it hurling hitting every ball if it's handball whatever it is you, you know someone else needs to come out you need to see, nearly see the wood from the, the trees if you like Yeah. and 
that's what we're that's what we're trying to get at. There's a big push. We're, we want to win a minor singles, boys and girls. I think we haven't won a minor. Richie Hogan was the last yeah, that won the well, yeah. won the forty by twenty minor. Talk about transferable skills, you know, there. Yeah. And there you are, like you know, Richie DJ, you know, unbelievable hurlers, unbelievable handballers, and that's what we're looking for in Kilkenny. We want to, we want to win a minor now. That's our next goal is to win a minor and then see what we've got. Then can we progress these lads up to win a senior? You know, a senior all and get back on the days of the Duxie and yeah. you know. And if someone's out there now listening in, saying, yeah. "I think my kid." would be interested in that or indeed if a child was listening there saying oh I'd like to try up handball how do they get involved to contact their local club yeah 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 there's there's I think there's 12 clubs in Kilkenny from Wine Gap to Muckley to Lachlan's Talbot's Inch whichever is local to them Kells Kells have 150 juvenile members at the moment and a waiting list even mm. so look handball in some places is very strong we'd like it to get stronger in other clubs if we could but that's what we're aiming for at the minute the county board is doing great work Frank is doing brilliant work actually this year he's organising tournaments uh, not the A players not the elite but say the next level down yeah. pushing all them on which we want them all just like hurling or anything you want them all and you never know who's going to be the star in five, six, seven years time so yeah no look we'll take anyone on board and all help is definitely acceptable and grateful we're grateful for it you know I'm talking about stars Paddy you're the star at the moment anyway with a Leinster title in your back pocket but lads yeah. thanks very much for coming in you mentioned opening the doors the doors always open here at KCLR that's what we're here for to help promote local sport delighted that you're able to join us in John, Frank, Paddy thank, thank you very much for thanks coming Shane. in no thanks problem much. thanks very much thanks Shane now we're going to take a quick ad break when we come back I'll be talking to James Carew Kilkenny man who has published Pogue Magola fantastic soccer based magazine Stick around here on Scoreline. Missed the weekend sport? We've got you covered with... As always, Joe Sheehan was giving us the latest updates on everything that's happening on the local greyhound scene. Well, the boom is certainly back in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. We had a fantastic crowd last night, packed to capacity. Wonderful to see such a huge turnout. And it's no surprise as we had two tremendous events in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night to celebrate. The first of those being the Fonzie MacDonald Memorial A3 final, which was a fantastic competition, has been going on in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium over the last number of weeks and it was won by Boo the Best winning in a time of 28.97 for the Eagle Ballon Hill Syndicate and trainer Thomas Buggy of Bagnallstown County Carlow and of course Fonzie MacDonald also came from Bagnallstown County Carlow of course a track regular in Kilkenny for many many years and wonderful to note that the MacDonald and Buggy families have been lifelong friends in ground racing so wonderful to see victory going to boo the best Thomas Buggy and Eagle Ballon Hill Syndicate last night and wonderful to pay tribute to Fonzie MacDonald and his family back in second was Blast Off Harry for Paul Hines and Paul Hennessy and back in third was Efrenog Chloe only two hundredths of a second separated first and third here a short head between first and second and a short head between second and third and that will just go to show you how tight these margins are in these kind of races very very little room for error but Boo the Best came out on top in the big one and also 
We had the Kilkenny Track Champion Open on race. €10,000 to the winner this one. It's a fantastic competition. And the best of pups in greyhound racing in Ireland come from the four corners of the country to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium to compete in this competition year in year out it's a fantastic one and we are blessed to have it at our local Greyhound Stadium and it really brought the crowds out in their droves last night in the first heat Lemon Jock came out on top for owner trainer Tom Lennon finishing very very strongly in a time of 28.96 back in second was Urban Cappen and third was Yankee Doodle and those three will emerge through to next week's quarterfinals. In the second heat of the Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced, Check for Sir was your winner here in a time of 28.88 at a price of 6-4. to four. Back in second was Droopy's Gravy and Lock Mistaki was back in third. The winner was trained by Carol Ramsbottom and owned by the Cash Back Syndicate. So well done to all of those connections. In the third heat, another holiday was your winner in a time of 29.07. Even money favourite here for this one. Owned by Jack Roach and trained by Michael O'Donovan. Kilbreedy Sydney was back in second and Mingler's Nitro was back in third. And those three will plough on to next week's quarterfinals of the Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced. In the fourth heat, Bogger Bible was your winner. Only by a neck, though, one of the narrowest emergents in a time of 29.02 for owner-trainer Liam Peacock. A very nice performance here indeed by Bogger Bible. And, of course, the Peacocks have enjoyed some fantastic success in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium over the years. Dashgrove Bulger was back in second and a very well-named Pablo Escobar was back in third. And those three march on to next week's quarterfinals. In the fifth heat, Kilcolgan Zeus came out on top here. With McCary in a dead heat, would you believe? Nothing to separate Kilcolgan Zeus and McCary, both staying on well. Kilcolgan Zeus, of course, trained by Nealis O'Connell in Limerick and owned by Karen Gagan. And McCary, who put in a very nice performance, trained by Carl Ramsbottom and owned by Podrick Tobin. Lemon Gavin was back in third, and those three will march on to next week's quarter finals. In the sixth heat, he's the greatest was your winner. A very, very nice performance indeed. Not surprising. He went off the four to six favourite, owned and trained by Brendan Matthews, travelling down from the north of Ireland and certainly making that journey very, very worthwhile. Winning by five and a half lengths, starting and staying, ticking all the boxes. And he's the greatest, surely will go into one of the favourites for this year's Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced. Shady Bueno was back in second and Urban View was back in third. And thus, those three will match on to next week's quarterfinals. Luminous Trigger was a very, very impressive winner of your seventh heat. Of course, owned and trained locally by Mr. Dennis Lennon, a very, very shrewd operator indeed, and well done to the Lennon family. Deadly Crusader was back in second, and Lacken Hill was back in third, and will march on to next week's quarterfinals, but Luminous Trigger showed that he is a really, really bright prospect in winning last night in the seventh heat, as well as Deadly Crusader and Lacken Hill, but Luminous Trigger looks to be a very, very decent greyhound indeed. In the eighth heat, Grangeview Port came out on top here in a time of 28.79, a very, very nice run, owned and trained by a shrewd operator as well, Michael Hogan. Legolas was back in second and Blackstone Corgi 
at a price of four to six was back in third and that wraps up the action from the Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced as we said a fantastic marvellous crowd in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night wonderful to see and those crowds are going to continue for the coming weeks as this fantastic competition marches on the best of the greyhounds the best of the owners and trainers and breeders descending at our local Greyhound Stadium over the coming weeks wonderful to see and exciting times indeed in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium we also have the Barrow Rangers GAA fundraising night on Friday the 20th and the week after that we have the Young Ireland's GAA fundraising night and it's a wonderful wonderful way for GAA clubs and different sporting organisations and charities to raise huge funds by means of fundraising at Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and indeed any Greyhound Stadium across the country millions of euro has been raised at Greyhound Tracks over the years so approach Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium Tom Canan is the manager there, a very, very nice individual and a very accommodating man who will go to great lengths to make sure you and your charity organisation or sporting organisation will have a successful fundraising night. So lots to look forward to over the coming weeks. As we said, the Barrow Rangers GA Club and Young Ireland's GA Club fundraising nights on over the coming weeks. And also next week, the quarterfinals of the €10,000 to the winner Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced. Coming up, exciting times in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium indeed. And regular guest on the show, Davy Jones, also stopped by to chat all things fitness. Davy, how do I find you on this Sunday? All good now, Shane. You? You're, are you getting ready to pull an Arctic like you were last week? Unfortunately not. No, no Arctic or tractors available today. So, <laughs> um, we rest up now this evening. Ah, love you. Get a nice little uh, break because when we were talking the other day when I was in the gym with you, you said you train seven days a week. Yeah, seven days, yeah. It's about three hours a day. So, yeah, a little break to see. I trained this morning now for three hours, so three and a half hours, I think, yeah. So yeah, enough done today. Levels, man. Absolute levels to this different training. Davy, we've been on this journey now. I think 18 weeks is what we're on at the moment. It's the end of the 18th week. We're going into the 19th week. Uh, lots of different trials and tribulations along the way. We ended last week with a bit of a shoulder injury. Uh, do you get that a lot? People coming in with little knees and niggles and then telling you maybe five minutes before the workout that you had planned that actually I'm not feeling well and then you have to kind of recalibrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just take like we said we were saying last week, just take take a step yeah, they always take a step back to go forward sometimes. Let the body rest and uh push on again then maybe the following week or the week after and it, uh, make sure the issue is okay and push on again, yeah. And when that happens people might be able to get into their own head we kind of covered this and saying oh uh, I've been training with someone recently that kind of has a bit of a uh, has been out of the gym for quite some time and they're not able to do what they were previously able to do and they're not really close to even being able to do what they're previously been able to do and a lot of the movements and stuff is quite hard for them to grasp what advice would you give to people just coming back from an injury and they're not able to do what they're doing a lot of people like to say to like is go back at 50 60 percent of what you are able to do you know and build it up then each week add five percent to it each week and build yourself back up a lot of people go back in hell for leather expecting to be able to do what they are able to do end up getting hurt or you know having so much muscle pain that they don't want to go to the gym the next day you're so sore and you have so much dumps in your muscles that you don't want to go to the gym the next day that's not much good so 
you can only make results by consistent workouts. So if you're here and there this weekend, then you know going once or twice, and then you're going every day the following week. It doesn't really work like that. Set yourself two, three days, whatever it is, every single week, and stick to that routine. You mentioned the word "dumbs." That's a, an abbreviation for something. What is an abbreviation for? Uh, delayed onset muscle soreness. So it's basically when you when you wake up the next day after after doing whatever muscle group, oh, it's not too bad. And then two days after, then you wake up and go, "All right, <laughs> now I feel it." That's it. Usually, it's kind of two days after is the most amount of information in in the person's body, and that's where the muscle breakdown is at its highest, and the information is at its highest. And then you wake up and you know, your heart's set to go to bed and yeah, all those things. Do you find that is probably the biggest contributor to people, you know, we see that January surge of people in New Year's coming in, they're working out, they're going hell bent for later, this is going to be their year, new year, new me, all that, and then boom, Dom's happens and then it's done. Yeah, sometimes unfortunately, yeah, and then people realise how hard it is and, you know, training, training, going to the gym is not, it's not easy, like, but the main thing is to make it as easy as possible and do the exercise correct, make sure your nutrition is correct. It's not by making things hard or, you know, you're getting in, in, in a situation where there's, there's risk of injury. So, yeah, making sure you're in, a, in the right situation to, to keep moving forward and keep making progress. Is it more of a mental thing then, mental perseverance? So for new gym members that they're coming in, they're feeling that soreness, it's going, okay, this isn't actually a bad soreness. I know that might sound like a weird weird thing to say, but it's not necessarily a bad soreness. It's muscles being tired. I need to push through this. I And I'm not really going to feel that way in three weeks or in indeed in a week or whatever. Exactly, yeah. It's just, it's just time and, and effort and... Like you said, it's a mental toughness more so than anything, you know, knowing that it'll take your body a few weeks to adapt to getting used to what you're doing, what you're throwing at it, and then over time, you slowly start to adapt. You should never adapt fully where you should never be sore. If you're never, if you're not sore from a workout, you just haven't done it right. It should be sore in a sense, like you said, Shane, muscle soreness, but not injury sore. A good sore, as we say, not a bad sore. Uh, you said a phrase to me there when we were in the gym the other day. You mentioned disco muscles. <laughs> and I, I, had a bit, I had a bit of a chuckle at the term disco muscles. Uh, I would have known them as maybe uh, the glamour muscles. It's the one when you're going out on a Friday night, you go pump your arms or whatever to make yourself... They're the muscles that people see. There's muscles that people don't necessarily see and they might go a bit more underdeveloped because they're not getting worked out as much. When you think that you're working shoulders, uh, there's a lot of different kind of components to the shoulders. So you have to be quite diligent in, in in your training methods. Do you find that that happens quite a bit, that there's the disco muscles gets worked on a lot more and then some type of niggly injury comes and stops people from being able to train it. Yeah, it's just it's just imbalances in the body, like you said there, Shane. It's um people working muscles that they're looking and looking at in the mirror and forgetting about what's in the posterior chain, the muscles at the back and stuff like that. And posture is a big thing in the air. we 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 talked about that a little bit. Posture is a big thing people not working the muscles that they can't see in, in your upper back and stuff like that and slouching forward at a desk all day or whatever kind of type of job you have where you might be sitting or or slouching or whatever it be and you know the muscles at the front being developed because you can see them in the mirror but not the ones at the back or you know even after a lot of people a lot of, a lot of young males wouldn't train legs um, as much as they should and train their arms too much and even stuff like that and getting knee problems hip problems 
Uh, I think you were one of those people one, one time ago saying <laughs> I always skip like day, Davey <laughs> Bicep curls galore but no <laughs> And you can never get away with it down in, in, in your gym, Davey uh, Rest periods is something that you're big on as well though even though you do train seven days a week but you're competing at a different level than a lot of people because you have three massive strongman competitions coming in but rest period is, is, is huge for muscle recovery as well uh, Do you find when people are coming into the gym and getting ready to, to go that they're just hitting it like head on and trying to run through brick walls and not really taking rest maybe burning out exactly yeah it's people will be training muscle groups too often um, and then just like you said burning out and the best way to describe when you break when, when we go to the gym we break down our muscle tissue and think of that as a cut so if you have a cut in your arm if you keep going at that cut and not letting it heal, it's never going to heal. So all we do is in the gym is break down muscle tissue. Muscle fibers are broken down and through rest and good nutrition and water, they heal and they become back bigger and stronger. So but if, you're, if you keep on breaking them down, they can never repair. Does that make sense? So, yeah, so basically you can only, you can only get, you can only do as much as what you can recover from. So in other words, if you're doing too much and you're not recovering from it, you can never get stronger or fitter or whatever it be because you're throwing yourself into the ground. And we've kind of waxed lyrical about nutrition as well, but you kind of gave me carte blanche. I was going on in a bit of an endeavour there on Saturday and you mentioned the word carb loading. Uh, you have, if you have a big training session coming up, you said maybe, uh, or a big kind of endeavour, maybe it might be running or anything like that. You're saying... 36 hours beforehand carb up make sure that you're going to have the energy you're going to have that fuel in the tank to make you be able to complete that journey that you're ever on uh, carb loading is uh, kind of a dream for people if they have something big coming up is it not? It's the only way forward really like if, if a person is in a situation where they're training for an event a game whatever it be a competition whatever it be you know, a person that's not focused on losing weight or you know, a person that's competing at any sort of a level or some sort of event is coming up and that event is usually on whatever day and it's on either kind of late morning or midday so it's if you if you even wake up at five six, or six seven o'clock, you're not going to get enough carbs. You're not going to be able to store enough carbs in in your bloodstream for that just that morning alone. So the day previous is where you should start loading up. But even when I'm going into a competition, if it's two or three days, I start the competition starts on a Friday. I start loading on maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday and load up, load up, load up. I'd be still doing a little bit of training just light training just to get the body moving but there was still some energy expended but yeah start loading up even there today you know, I had a heavier session now today than usual just coming close to competition and all that and yesterday I loaded up a lot I think I had like close to a thousand grams of carbs does that make sense to anyone and yeah that's a lot so I ate that there yesterday and it felt great today you mentioned something to me and you know we, we, we a lot of what gets said in the gym kind of comes out on air or whatever but you said uh strongman he said unless I was the best and we're probably getting into a bit more of a personal side of things on you unless I'm the best I don't want to train and that's you're aiming for your peak you say maybe in about four years five years time or whatever unless I'm the best I can't train I just found that a really kind of a really good thing to have in a way you know, it's something to have in your back of your mind that you're aspiring to something. From a strongman perspective, and you've won various competitions before, is that the goal, to be the very best for you? Yeah, I suppose it all goes back, like I said, to, to 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I said, this stage, where I lost um, a lot of weight, I lost 12 stone. And that was, at that time, 
was my goal is to not be overweight and not be unhealthy and be um, a certain body weight and you know, be healthy and fit and you know, do things I was ever able to do, be able to go running and train and all these things. And that took time and I got to that phase. And then the next phase then was to be stronger. So we got stronger and all these things happened and then got into powerlifting first and won kind of a few competitions there, did well enough at the time and moved on then to Strongman. You know, we watched Strongman on TV and got into it and started competing and um, yeah, just realised how hard it was and what kind of dedication it took and it's basically a lifestyle and not a sport and yeah, I just kind of got better and better and for many years I didn't ever believe that I could be any good at it but then the last few years now getting better and better and yeah, just kind of just really just want to be the best I can be and to be the best Irish person has ever done it and yeah, really want to push hard and I don't think that I'd ever um, I don't think I'd ever probably any, do any gym work unless I had something like that. Be whatever it be like, you know, the weight loss first, now the competitions through powerlifting first, now strongman. It gives me a focus. Like, you know, it's it's whatever it be. I have a competition in X amount of weeks and train for that. I do X amount of events and then move on to the next competition and then you'd have the off-season, right? I need to get stronger in the off-season. I need to get bigger. All these things I need to work on my fitness, whatever it be. Then repeat the process again next year and be stronger again next year and keep moving up the ladder and yeah, when it all comes to a head now, I don't know. Do you think goals are integral for a, a person that yeah. wants to work in the gym? Do you think having your mind set on something, having that visualization that this is what I want to look like or whatever? Do you think that is the reason why people go to the gym or do you, is it, can you go to the gym without having a particular goal in mind? I think everyone needs some sort of goal. Like, they're, they're just my goals, and that's just me personally. But everyone, my first goal was to last more than five minutes on the treadmill 12 years ago. But people see, look at me pulling trucks and doing all these things now. It's, yeah, it's all well and good, but I didn't start like that. I started trying to walk more than walk five minutes on the treadmill. That was my first goal. And then it was trying to lose weight, try to figure out, educate myself on nutrition. And it, was, it was step by step, and... Everyone needs a goal. Cause when everyone walks into my room when they come to do personal training, and I ask, first thing I'm asking is, why are you here? Like, you know, a bit straight to the point, but like, why, why are you here? You know, obviously people want to come in and get fitter and stronger and all that, but like, a lot of people have a story behind that, you know, whatever coming up, and it could be even just a wedding or a, a party or a holiday and all these things about to lose weight, or a lot of people have some medical issues even, they'd have to lose weight, and you know, all these things, I want to get fitter, I want to get stronger, Whatever it be, but like something has to kind of switch in your head for someone to make drastic changes. Like yourself, like you know, you came in, you said you wanted to train properly, you know, you wanted to get fair, you wanted to get stronger, you wanted to get leaner. All these things have happened, you know what I mean? But they, you had them in your head at the start. Maybe you dealt with yourself a little bit, but they've happened now, like. I doubt myself every day, Davey. <laughs> Have I gotten a job already? I'll never know. But Davey, uh, great sentiment shared there. Where can people find you online? You're always very active uh, with uh, Davey Jones on Instagram and you'll always message anybody back. So I'd imagine that's probably one of the best places to get in contact with you. Exactly, yeah. If anyone's out there wondering about any sort of fitness, you know, nutrition-related questions, just drop me a bell any time and happy to help anyone else. Thanks very much, Davey. The blog post, Training with Davey Jones, Week 18, will be going up later on on scoreline.ie. Until next Tuesday, Davey, I'll talk to you. 
Thanks, Shane. Thanks very much. Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness. We're going to take a quick out break there. Stick around here on score. Shane also caught up with Mark Delahunty and Paul Doyle of Thomastown United AFC ahead of their clash with Castle Warren next Sunday. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Mark Delahunty and my sensei, the man who brought me into KCLR, Mr. Paul Doyle, chairman of Thomastown. Lads, how are you doing today? All good, good thanks, Shane. Oh, Paul, it's just great seeing you back here. The trust. It's so good. We're in here to talk about a couple of things, but the main thing that we're talking about today is the Golf Classic that's coming up Mark yeah the club are organising a golf classic on the 27th and 28th of May out in Goran Park uh, it's a big fundraiser for the club so any support will be greatly appreciated um, there's loads of tea times still available and any information is up on the club's social media posts uh, who to contact and stuff like that so it's 200 euro for, per team but that includes a dinner afterwards and you're getting to play one of the best courses in the south east as well in Goran Eddie Scalia loves that oh, now Eddie won't he that Eddie will love that he actually gave me a few pounds to say that <laughs> 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 The facilities out in Thomastown are fantastic. You have the walking track, you have various different pitches. You, we played on one of those pitches in one of our home games, the less said about that, the better. Um, but how integral are fundraisers like this to helping a club flourish and continue to flourish? Oh, without them, these things aren't possible. You know, and it benefits the whole community. Like the walkway was, was huge in Thomastown, especially during COVID, because people had a safe place to yeah. walk to walk, and especially in the winter, because it's, it's fully lit. Like, you know, so these facilities only don't serve the soccer community, just the whole community to serve. Like. But without these fundraisers, they're just not possible, like, you know. And Thomastown are producing players. Ella Malloy, completely, you know, she springs to mind. Colin Whelan springs to mind. You know, all these great players that are coming from Thomastown are because of the facilities, because the work has been done behind the scenes. And a lot of that gets lost because we look at what happens on the pitch all the time. But the work that goes in behind, by likes yourself and yourself, Paul, you know, it's, it's monumental. So things like this, people really need to get behind. Yeah, like the facilities have grown huge even since I started playing. Like, we only had one pitch up in Coolbag, and now there's five pitches, two astroturfs. It's amazing, and that comes from behind the scenes. Like, we probably don't appreciate as players as much as we should. Mm. This generation definitely don't realise what Thomas and United has come from, and that's just due to the committee constantly putting huge work in like you know yeah well it gives great hopes to clubs like myself who don't have a pitch you know um, just to see that it starts from somewhere and different things like that even stuff like last man standings between the clubs they all go towards the benefit of the club are you getting many players involved or is it just Thomastown that can Thomastown players that can partake is it open to other members of uh, different oh, yeah. clubs yeah anyone can play it and there's prizes for GOI and non-GOI so um, there's like so there's catering for the serious golfer and then just a casual golfer so there's and there's over three thousand euros worth of prizes as well so and anyone can play. You getting a lot of businesses supporting it and kind of sponsoring? Yeah, um, Paul there knows all the sponsors. Well, all the the main sponsor um, we have there's loads of sponsors, small sponsors. We're not going to name them all out, but the main sponsor we have in at the moment is John Brennan Farm Machinery, who came in on board. Um, Derek is. Uh, a past pupil of Thomas Town, you know, um, he's now a referee in Kilkenny, yeah. and he's actually still playing a bit of ball over 35s now as well. But uh, the Brennans have been fantastic. They've come on board as our main sponsor for this, as well as the centre in Thomas Town as well. So we want to thank them for all they do for us. And, you know, that it's brilliant. We need people like him to come in and them companies to come in. There is still loads of other sponsorships available. Again, all the details are on the social media pages. We can leave details with you, Shane, if anyone rings in. Certainly, we'll have an article up on scoreline.ie during the week. Uh, Paul, how many members do you have out there now? 
it's gone over three it was over 300 school boys and school girls recently our school girl membership actually jumped over 100% during Covid mm. um, whether that's down to the likes of LMLI or whoever you know it's just it's taken off um, the summer soccer camps are coming up we've one of them just sold out straight away we have the second one now in August um, that one is jumping again can I but do the summer camp? I need, you're, I, you're a little bit old now <laughs> you're a little bit tall a little bit old I need a few lessons on the pitch um, but isn't it fantastic that local businesses can get behind the club knowing that it's going towards the 300 school kids that are participating and the various different men's teams and, and women's teams it's just fantastic to know that they are supporting local and we heard that a lot during the pandemic support local buy from local businesses but also those businesses are contributing to the community oh absolutely um, we, we had a tournament out there in the last couple of weeks and the support and help we got from the local community and the local businesses to get that um, we weren't expecting the crowd we got there for it and we were running out of items but the the local shops just here go take this you know it'll help you get you out but that's the kind of support that we rely on out there yeah. with all the different shops and but no the businesses out in Thomastown that support we've there's five main sponsors on board for all the teams and all the jerseys you be like um, Napoli you know they have sponsors everywhere everywhere you know? yeah <laughs> no we, we've three on each jersey now in Thomastown because we, we're getting the help you know so. I think we had a set of jerseys that just said castlewarren.ie we didn't even have a website <laughs> <laughs> there was no website we just needed something on it uh, but we have some great sponsors my mother sponsored as a set of training jerseys look we're being all friendly now it's not going to be that friendly it's next not week. going to be friendly next Sunday we do have confirmation of times for the KCLR McCalma Cup is semi-final draw Castle Warren Celtic the mighty Castle Warren Celtic going up against the Thomastown A kickoff in Dirtimus I believe for 12 noon and then Freebooters versus Evergreen Freebooters beat St. Canis's uh, that's going to be a 3.45 so a double header out there guys uh, before we get into it you were down at the Canis's and Freebooters game were Canis's unfortunate not to come away second division side going up against the premier division side that's a big task I think they were doing very well up to those a uh a very bad clash of heads um, I know Carr I know all about that and um, another guy and another guy of Canis's, um I don't know his name but the two he was down for about five minutes is he okay but Oshin got straight back up and played on that's you know, Oshin bandaged me up and let me on again and from then kind of booters kind of took hold of the game after that and you know they got their first goal as a penalty Paddy Cal yeah. yeah and then Zach Hammond and Zach then got a little tap in near the end well it was uh, there was about 20 minutes left when he got the second one another Thomas Dunn man and <laughs> you know the, that was it really you know there was they were finding a tough tough hot day out there to play Oh, um, and the, and the, for both teams as well because both had uh, provincial aspirations as well uh, Freebooters got knocked out by New Oak in, the, in Leinster not so long ago then they had the that mad cup Premier Division game and they were playing Wednesdays and Sundays and then obviously St. Candice's won the second division they had the Divisional Cup to contend they're still in the LFA plate and of course in the KCLR McCallum Cup as well so lots lots of tired legs I would imagine especially out in that heat At this time in the year definitely people you know there's like you said it's going into two games a week now mm. and if you don't have squad rotation you're in a bit of bother I think coming towards the end of the season You're going to be in bother on Sunday Paul if we don't have squad rotation <laughs> <laughs> no I'm looking forward to it the McCamma Cup is a big when you competed in the McCamma Cup final not so long ago was it you were in the Pat Mar Shield anyway in the Pat Mar Shield this year yeah um, that actually came down to squad rotation we didn't have it yeah. you know to rotate it and do you compete a lot with the GA club out there 
No, no, there's no. not too many dual players anymore. No, no, no. no, no. We're we're lucky enough now in the last couple of years we don't have dual players. Um, we have our club; they have the players in their club. They're doing doing well in intermediate and the hurling. Um, they're doing well in the football, and mm. we have our players and we have our core as well. You know, so successful day for you yesterday under 16s very successful Very. I give a shout out to young Alex Begley on the goal <laughs> four penalty saves one after another in the, in the shootout and you know, it, it, it's great to have that for the undersea because that will give them great memories of Thomastown and then allow them to continue to come into the squad Mark yeah they, they, did, yeah, and they won the league as well like so they won the, the double this year like, and that's brilliant for a, a country team as such mm. to do something like that you know because they're always competing against the city teams where the membership is that much bigger but like these young lads have been playing the whole way together the whole way up like, and they have been an excellent team so it's great to see them winning and great to see him winning in Derdemus as well like. yeah well it'll be great to see us winning on Sunday against G but no doubt it's going to be a Titanic <laughs> battle a cup, cup game anything cup can game. happen the magic of the cup we'll see what happens uh, but lads thanks very much for coming in once again the Golf Classic when's it happening Mark? it's on the 27th and 28th of this month 27th, 28th and people can find all the information on Thomastown social media yeah, pages exactly yeah lads yeah. thanks very much for coming thanks, in Shane. Paul thanks, my sensei I appreciate you uh, but yes <laughs> on Sunday it will be Castle Warren Celtic going up against Thomastown at 12 o'clock that has been confirmed by KDL chairman John Corrigan. Jane got the chance to talk all things football with Pogue McGoal podcaster James Carew. from Pogue McGull. James, thanks very much for coming on, sir. How are you today? Good to speak to you, Shane. Greeting from a happy Arsenal fan in London. <laughs> you won 2-1 today. Poor little Leeds going down to 10 men and everything. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man. <laughs> I do like Leeds, but uh, all's fair in love and football. I like hearing the smile on your face, at least. James, uh, new issue of Pogue McGull. I'm still reading over the last one that came out. Uh, it's issue number eight now that you're on over 70 pages. What what can people expect from the new issue? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've you, normally an annual publication and we're trying to bring them out more regularly. So this is probably a bit quicker than we would have done in previous years. That's what we want to do, make them a more regular feature. So we're about to go to print on issue eight. Uh, as you said, about uh, 76 pages. Uh, pre-orders open and pre-orders are really what help us to bring it to print. Well, I, I'm biased, but per, I'm, personally, I think the look of this one is incredible. We've always had a high standard of of the look and feel and the imagery and photography, but uh, I'm just blown away by, by this one in particular. Some of the artwork we've got on photography is exceptional. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward for people to seeing it. Uh, we're going to have it with our friends in Rollercoaster Records in Kilkenny again and Easton's around Ireland. So, yeah, really excited for people to, to get their hands on this one. Uh, something that always struck me when I was reading the last one was uh, it's it's not football. Like, we get caught up a lot in the big football that's happening in the Premier League. And I know you're a massive electricity fan as well, but there's so much football to be played we covered the Belarusian Premier League here for a while uh, but there's so much football played around the globe your magazine covers it all and they cover some amazing stories that you would never get to hear about before what can people expect from this new issue yeah that's down to the contributors saying so we've built up this kind of network of like-minded individuals and, and it really is look we're very proudly Irish 
we're uniquely Ireland's only football magazine, which is an amazing kind of PR line uh, for us. But yeah, two Kilkenny brothers are making Ireland's only football magazine. But we do have a global football culture outlook. So some of the contributors, just to, for an example, come from Spain, Sweden, Italy, England, Germany, uh, Serbia, Brazil, Australia. They're just some of the countries of people who are contributing to us. So we've got stories from from Ireland, of course. Um, for example, we have a, a, a profile of Denise O'Sullivan from the Irish women's national team who just yesterday won another North American title with um, Carolina. We have a feature looking back at uh, Brian Kerr's 1997 World Youth Championship team that came third. So the author there, McDara Ferris, uh, speaks to the captain, Thomas Morgan. There's also a feature with uh, Kevin Brannigan, who directed the Curse Kids documentary. And you go from that to a piece on a cult, cult hero from Argentina, who Diego Maradona once called better than him, a man by the name of Thomas Karlovich. He was known as El Trinch, or the Fork. He's from the same city as Messi, but he was, he was so good but so modest that he never kind of courted the publicity. He never had the career that maybe a person of his talent could have had. And someone as, as amazing as Maradona called him the best player in the world. So, yeah, we jump from country to country. I think there's something for, for everyone in this piece. Um, even a, a piece on the MLS in America, its debut season, to a shorter piece on how Eusebio once requested the jersey of Paul McGrath after a game at Lansdowne Road. That's absolutely fantastic. And you mentioned Argentina there as well. Uh, you know, Irish soccer has its kind of claws in so many different clubs. You know that the connection with Ajax, uh, of course. But Paddy McCarthy, it does sound a bit Irish, coming from Cashel Tipperary. He was involved with Boca Juniors. He was the first ever coach in 1905. Some debate that's why Boca Juniors have the colour of the Tipperary uh, native. Yeah, um, we had it in a, in our last issue actually. Um, I think that kind of an urban legend went around that it was a there is certainly a Tipperary connection there. But in fact, the reason Boca wear blue and yellow was um, there was a second team wearing the same colours in the city, and they decided to have a game to decide who'd win. And Boca lost rarely, and the forfeit or the decision was they would choose the colours of the next ship that came into the port of Buenos Aires which happened to be from Sweden. So that is the reason they're blue and yellow, but there is a tip connection. But as you say, I mean, uh, we sometimes think, um, you know, football started with the start of the Premier League, but Ireland in particular uh, has a rich history of spreading the game around the world. And um, even alone, League of Ireland is 100, 100 years old this year, but there are clubs that day far beyond that. So, yeah, well, that's what we try to look in, the history of Irish football, um, our influence on the world but also what's happening in Ireland at the moment. And speaking of what's happening in Ireland at the moment, there's been much touted about this possible third division for some clubs, maybe junior clubs stepping up, I don't know, have you kept up to date on what's happening there? We know that the, the first division only has nine teams so there could be room for a Carlo Kilkenny FC or another club indeed coming in. Yeah, and there's, you know, there is a huge amount of restructuring going on in Ireland and there's a lot of talk about kind of government investment and taking a, taking an investment in the game that hasn't happened before. Um, even this week, you see like the FAI advertising for roles 
uh, within the League of Ireland. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen for 100 years. So it's about time that that is happening. But, yeah, I do keep a close eye on it. We have a piece in the current, the, the forthcoming issue on those restructuring and the influence that Brexit might have. Um, so, you know, Irish kids not going to England at, at, a, at such a young age, but maybe having to wait until they're 18, that has an effect on maybe English clubs then recruiting first-team regulars from League of Ireland clubs. So players who've already established themselves in senior football in Ireland are then going over at a later age. But we're also seeing in the current Irish squad, like players flying their trade um, in Belgium. Uh, we've got young kids being recruited by Italian clubs. That just never happened before. So I think it's really exciting time to see what's happening in, in Irish underage, uh, women's football as, as well, and the League of Ireland getting a focus that, as I said, has never had, probably in 100 years, has never had this focus. Yeah, it's, it's great to see we covered the kind of the Briggs and Irish soccer on scoreline.ie. It was myself, but no doubt you're a better journalist than I am. So people need to go and have a read of Pope McGoal. You mentioned roller coaster records here locally. No doubt it's going to be available across all of Ireland, but Easton's is probably your, your best bet, or you can pre order with yourself online. Exactly. So we'll be available uh, around Ireland and Easton's outlets, but we do ship worldwide. Uh, so from com, you'll be able to go on there and order online. And pre-orders are really what um, help us to bring it to print. So independent publishing, print is not dead, but if you like what we do, you can support us by pre-ordering, and that's what will help us bring it to the masses. Well, James, thanks very much for your time. I'm not going to keep much more of it. We'll be talking to a junior club in Kilkenny that could possibly make a step up to that third division with the facilities that they have. Thomastown are joining us in just a few moments. But thanks for taking the call. Go and enjoy the rest of the day as an Arsenal fan. Thank you. I certainly will, Shane. <laughs> That's James Carew from Pogue McGoal. Shin also spoke to Gary Doyle about all things Marble City Sevens rugby. First of all, uh, Kilkenny Rugby Club, just a tremendous season that you've had in total. Uh, I suppose celebrations are still somewhat ongoing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're still going. Um, great year. Um, the senior men's obviously won the Towns Cup and the senior women's team uh, narrowly lost out in the league on points difference, but they managed to win the cup as well. So great year for the senior teams there. And um, a lot of the youth teams got representatives on the southeast and Leinster squads as well so all around very positive we actually have a dinner dance um, Saturday week so I'm sure the celebrations will be re-brought up again then for that night It certainly needs to be because we've been talking to James Blanchfield a lot on the knock-on he's been lamenting the fact that uh, during earlier in the season you know a lot of COVID implications came along in the rugby and lads couldn't play and there was possible relegation but the, to to end it all with a Towns Cup final, the first one, I, I believe, in nearly 20 years, just a huge, magnificent achievement. Yeah, yeah, it was a big turnaround. Um, I suppose we went up to Dundalk um, in our second-last league game and Hugh Corkery kicked the conversion to draw the game, which ultimately kept it up. And from there, we kind of went on a beaten run. Um, but yeah, like the season, obviously, would look, it was tough for every club. Um, we were hit very hard with COVID. Um, we had a lot of games re-fixtured and we ended up having 10 games in a row at one stage. You know, so injuries mounted up. So, you know, it was a great way to finish it and kind of set us up for next year to go back with a bit more um, enthusiasm into the pre-season. Then, you know, it could have been a relegation and no cup win. Um, you know, it'd be uh, very tough to come back into pre-season for that. 
And how the women's team, we've, we've been chatting to the manager, some of the players over the past while as well, the sentiment out there must be huge towards what the women were able to achieve this season in their first kind of full season. Yeah, I think they only lost. Um, I think they only lost one competitive game all year, which is you know unbelievable. Like considering you know they're only back a year. I think Paddy was telling me last year there might have been only five people training. Um, you know now they're up to twenty five, twenty six training, and there's a lot of youth coming through in it as well with a couple of the more experienced players that have um, come back to the club. So yeah, they're in a great position. Um, you know, the underage side on the ladies um, are flying it as well. I think most of the teams gone to a final in their division. So, yeah, it's going really strong. It's going from strength to strength and it's uh, great to have in the club as well. Yeah, Paddy Moss, as you said, an absolute gentleman as well and we were talking to him before about it and, you know, he was getting emotional chatting about it and that's what sport brings. But sport brings many different variations as well. It's not just about the 15 on the field because attention is going to turn to the Marble City Sevens International Sevens competition hosted by Kilkenny uh, Rugby Club. Just a huge day involved. Has it been a while now since you got to have it due to COVID? Yeah, we haven't had it the last two years um, due to COVID now. Um, so we're looking forward to having it back. Um, you know, a good few of the sevens competitions seem to have fallen by the wayside. Um, you know, the big one can fail, didn't go ahead as planned this year. So, you know, we're hoping for a big turnout and interest in it. And it's, look, it's a great day. Um, sevens is, like, if you don't watch rugby, sevens is a great way to get into it because, you know, obviously it's a lot faster, there's more space. There's loads of scores. It's not, um, you know, a kick fest or loads of scrums or line outs. So it's really enjoyable. The weather will be out and it's kind of a party atmosphere. So it's a great day to go out and watch as a spectator. And, um, you know, it's a great way to get into rugby as well. And you don't have to worry too much about the rules as it's uh, fairly fast paced. Is there many kind of coming from different quarters of the world? Um, well, we're only um, advertising there at the moment. So we kind of aim for 20 teams um, as we do it in a one day event, just try and start to the finish. So, We'll have the normal teams that um, come from Dublin and that. Um, it might be a bit late notice. We normally have a team come from Scotland every year. Um, it might be a bit no- late notice for them, but um, we'll have a good bit of interest from universities all around Ireland. So I'll be surprised if we get someone from abroad this year playing, but um, you know, we, we, we should have our, you know, a good spread from across Ireland in the competition this year. Yeah, there could be a lot of Carlo contention as well. It's only down the road, it has to be said. But uh, it is a great day for all involved. Um, registration is coming up close. You mentioned it there. Is it the end of this month? Uh, registration's um, open at the moment. So we're closing registration on the 31st of May um, with an aim to have the competition on Saturday, the 18th or 19th of June. Um, so... Yeah, we're expecting to fill up fairly quickly now at the moment. So, um, you know, the split will be 12 and 8. So whether it's 12 women's teams or 12 men's teams, um, it's first come, first serve. So um, our women's team have gladly come on board this year to help drive the interest in it and fundraising. So, you know, um, we're hoping to get a big turnout from their league um, as well in it. Have you noticed that the interest in, in the women's game has been increased over the past while? Obviously, having someone as big as TikTok getting involved in the women's Six Nations and coverage of the women's Six Nations, albeit the side didn't do too well, has just been phenomenal. Have you noticed that an interest has increased, say, on your side of things with Marble City Sevens? People are expressing a desire to play? Yeah, I think um, like a lot of stuff um, contributes to it. I suppose Noel Devlin um, does a lot of great work in the schools around Kilkenny to drive interest in it. Um, you know, and obviously success breeds success and it's um, getting a lot of interest on TV. So, 
you know, that, that drives people on. And then the Irish women's sevens team are flying it, you know, and people probably look at it if you're a good young athlete. You know, there's a professional route there in the women's rugby um, for you to travel the world. So, you know, sevens definitely is an easier way for someone to transition from another sport into rugby. Um, it is just as physical, but I suppose the number of points of contact aren't as much as the 15th game, so it's an easy way to transition. But where we actually have seen the last few years, a good few people kind of say they'll actually will play rugby is from the tag rugby, which starts um, on the 18th of May, Thursday the 18th of May. So that generally we would get um, a couple of women's players each year who play the tag. You know, they're obviously playing other sports. Um, and then they say they want to give rugby a, a full-time goal, so they come across. So the sevens is a great way to get them involved and see how they find it because, you know, there's a lot of open space there, similar enough to tag as well, um, in the sense, you know, you're trying to avoid contact and there's not too much rook in our lineouts or scrums for them to, to worry about. Yeah, the tag rugby out there has always been run quite phenomenally. I've been partaking in it twice as well, so it's amazing to hear that it's still going ahead. I got to do it a bit last year as well. Just always a great turnout out there. Yeah, always a big turnout. We usually have um, anywhere up to 24 teams in it um, every Thursday night. So in fairness to a lot of local businesses in town, um, they enter teams. You know, it's a great way for staff to, you know, have a bit of fun outside of work and, um, you know, bond. But um, I suppose with the tag, I could probably name 20 or 10 teams that come back every year with the same group of people. So it's a great way for friends to get out in the summer. You know, the weather's always nice. It's a nice little run around Thursday evening, so it's good for your fitness, but I suppose the main thing with it, it's, it's a bit of fun as well, um, which I think is a big sentiment out there that we just want people to come out and enjoy the rugby club and try and grow the members on the social side of things as well. Yeah, uh, what I noticed out there as well, people that might be a bit apprehensive or are quite new to the game of rugby, it's it's split up in, in kind of terms of how good you are. So don't feel like if you're going out there and this person knows so much about rugby as well, it's kind of done on a fair basis where teams will match teams of their same calibre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We'll do the first night, um, will be kind of a training night, so all the referees are generally rugby players, um, you know, who will kind of talk through with the guys what they're meant to do. Um, and then after the first night, um, all the refs will kind of sit around and people who are playing against teams will kind of, you know, grade them to say, look, they're okay, you know, they'll be fine after a few weeks. And uh, we try and match up teams best they can. So they have competitive matches. Um, obviously, we have teams out there that, um, you know, are, are out to win it every year. Um, and they have a lot of rugby players on it. They might play a tag all year round. So we try and keep them together as well as they probably want that bit of competitiveness in their matches. So, no, it is split up as best we can. And, you know, we try to make it as, you know, equal as everything. And I, I Look, I wouldn't be worried if you wanted to come out and get involved and you didn't have a team arrive out on the Thursday night. There's always teams looking for players and uh, we'll pop you in there and, you know, give it a go. And that's all you can do. And you might enjoy it and you might stay on. And, yeah, it's the only way to do it is go out and have a, have a try. But, look, it's... Um, it's fairly fair it's not a rough sport and it's easy enough to pick up as well and just back to the Marble City 7s before we let you go Gary you mentioned it is open to the public and hopefully we'll have a lot of Kilkenny people out there but how successful have Kilkenny been in the Marble City 7s historically? Um, We've been competitive enough where we've got to a few um, social finals in it Um, this year now I'd say our women's team will be hoping to give it a good rattle on their side of the competition Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, you do get a lot of good teams coming down. Uh, Railway Union uh, come down, they will have a couple of Irish internationals. So, you know, the, the standards are quite high. We have a team that Wild Geese usually play every year. Um, they buy uh, club sevens and things like that. So, 
the competition is high, but um, you know, we'd be confident going in that we'll um, give it a good go both on the men's and women's side this year. And what you're saying is, of course, you're going to need that local support as well. So people need to get out there on that June weekend. Yeah, exactly. And like, look, as I said, it, it's um, you know, it's a bit of a festival. There'll be live music on all day. There'll be barbecues going. Um, you know, obviously you have the sport in the background, and hopefully with the sun shining. So it's a great way to get out and support. And you know, it's a real good um, party feel to it as well. So it's a great day out for everyone and, um, involved in the club. And rugby people know how to party. I can assure you of that, Gary. Thanks <laughs> ever so much. Best of luck with the dinner dance as well. Enjoy all the celebrations and the work is starting for Marble City Sevens now. But take a bit of a rest. Enjoy that night and then get stuck back into it. Wishing you all the best, Gary. No doubt we'll be talking again very soon. All right, thanks, Shane. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thanks very much, Gary Doyle there, talking all things Marble City 7s. Happening, as he said, June 18th, 19th, that weekend. Uh, registration's going up until the end of May. Nice point to mention as well about the tag rugby. It's available to all different calibre of people, so you can sign up for that. Just go on to the Kilkenny Rugby Club social media pages and you will be able to find out more information about that one. The Kilkenny senior camogie team had a good win over Offaly on Saturday. Here's what their manager Brian Dowling had to say. Brian Dowling, chalk and cheese games from last week to today. What on earth did you say to the players during the week? Basically, he came out all guns blazing again, Offaly in the Leinster semi final today. Oh, look, I think last week um, we went down to Wexford in the first game. We won by nine points. We hadn't been playing in six weeks, I think it was, for a car game. So it took a bit of time to get going. And I think Wexford were very defensive and set up in defensive shape. So, look, with those, you know, we felt we were, there was a lot of criticism in our performance last week, which I didn't think was, was fair. Um, you know, I thought the girls went, put in a huge effort last week. We missed a lot of scores. Could easily come away with 217 last week, you know, and, you know, we only got 13 points, which is disappointing. 414 today, but still felt we left scores behind us. So, look, again, this is a work in progress it's going to take a bit of time um, you know have a few new players there and just have to take a bit of time to bet in and look we're trying to work on different things in training uh, you don't get too much time during the week when you have a match every week but look we're delighted with the matches we want games and we just want to keep improving now all the time we know we can get better we know there's more in us but um, it's just going to take a little bit of time to, to get going and get into a groove and look it was better today anyway um, you know the score was higher but um, you know we still conceded 111 today last week was four points so you know that's that's something that we need to look at there's a lot of freeze there in the game which you won't be happy about either Yeah I was just going to say it Mairead Tehan was lethal on the freeze today I think she got nearly 10 points in total 9 of them coming from freeze but you have to be happy your own scoreline today 4-14 and 4-10 of that coming from play Yeah look that's a good score you know, we probably set a target at half time and, and we didn't meet it you know we're very disappointed with that uh, you know when we scored one six in the second half so that, that's something we need to go back and look at um, you know we have to be scoring a few more points than that and 14 points so um, yeah look but you know we have to look at our, our tackling you know our tackling count is very very high which is not good and uh you know, we're keeping Offaly in the game and giving away a freeze. So, you know, that's something that we have to go back and look at again during the week. Do you feel that you could be a bit more ruthless in front of goal? Like, I know that you're creating the chances as well, but there was a couple of clear-cut chances today that went to beg and are you disappointed you didn't convert them? Look, we had chances. I think probably could have had a, could have went in probably a bit further and, and took the goal chance, dropped the ball at the wrong time. Um, could easily had six or seven goals today. Um, you know, we got four. I would have taken four today before the game. But look, that again, that's something we have to keep working on. We're working on training the whole time, get that component and maybe go for the go for the goal when it's on. You know, there was a couple of goal chances there. We didn't uh, put them away, but um, you know, again, that's something that we have to nail down in the future. 
the week games coming they are weekly at this stage because you have the Leinster final next week then you go straight into championship with an away game to down of all places to go and start off um, I mean you're obviously managing injuries and the whole lot we see a couple here today Grace Welsh went down Miriam Welsh went down it'll be important to get them right now for next week and the week after as well yeah I suppose look when I mean, you're ahead in the game I suppose you have the luxury of taking off your players to get knocks you know if that was a, a point or two in it you'd probably leave on the girls you know Grace has got a dead leg there she'll be fine and Miriam is fine as well but look we're not going to take any chances and we want to get the five subs in to get as many girls game time as we can in the next couple of weeks ready for the championship but um, you know, we know we're playing Dublin next uh, next Saturday and Dublin or Westmead sorry next Saturday and you know that's going to be a huge challenge now and um, in Port Leash next Saturday night so look we're just looking forward to it it's a Leinster final so we want to try and go and win it now Well it looks like Dublin at the minute they were winning handy enough against Westmead it is a big occasion it's the first Leinster final in a couple of years we couldn't have it with Covid and it's a curtain raiser to the Hurling Championship with Galway and Leash as well it's great that Camogie were able to get the recognition and have it as a high profile curtain raiser as well to a game like that yeah it's great like you know in fairness to Camogie and G are working the last couple of years trying to get double headers and you know I suppose you have a bigger chance of getting a bigger crowd in so that, that's brilliant and um, you know Munster, the Munster Championship is the same thing they're, they're playing before all the senior games so that's great you know you want as much exposure as you can getting the crowd in you know there wasn't too many here today I suppose so look it's to get as, get as many people in on the, in the stands and on the terraces into games you know the effort that these girls put in is unbelievable the same as the hurlers and um, you know they deserve to, people to go to the games for, for all to put in and you know I think a lot of games more games the way it's gone now it's, it's very, they're very competitive and the standard has gone very very high as well Well we look forward to next weekend and the Leinster Championship and in the All-Earn Series as well Brian but well done today Okay thank you That's all for another edition of Scoreline Extra. Don't forget, you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. Chat to you again soon.